Hello and welcome to the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Craig Moorhead, and as always, I am joined by my good friend and co-host... Sean Harwell. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And this is, uh, yeah, this is the movie. Uh, it's no. not the movie. It's the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or is it, Craig? Well, you know, today, Sean, it seems like maybe it's not so much that. Because the movie we're going to talk about today uh, is a $3 million indie movie. We were at Sundance a year ago mm-hmm. and only made $40 million. Kind of sad. Only. Kind yeah, of sad. I feel bad for those guys. No, it got talked about a lot. And we're going to talk about it today, mainly because this is, this is, uh, this is October. This is the month of Halloween and, and super scares. So we're going to try and scare everybody with our lack of knowledge about movies. Of course, we're talking about The Witch. With two Vs. The Witch. You know, beyond the fact that it did as well as it did at the box office for such a small film and had so much heat coming out of Sundance where it picked up a Best Director Award, which is not a typical thing for Sundance for a horror movie to win that particular award. Mm -hmm. This movie, I think, is sitting at 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, if you care about that thing. It is definitely one of the best-reviewed movies of the year. In fact... It is in the top 20 of reviewed 100 horror films, according to Rotten Tomatoes as well. Fair. That's fair. So it felt like, yes, this is a movie we'd heard of for sure. Everybody's heard of this thing. Yeah. But it it just came out on Amazon Prime, new to streaming. It's October. We got to talk about The Witch. Let's talk about The Witch, Sean. So, Craig, I, what did you think about this movie? You're the horror fan. How, yeah. how did it work for you? Let's just say as a horror movie first and then as a movie in general, if you can separate the two. I could, but I won't. Oh, good. You know, the the, the minute it kind of started uh, showing up in the news back when it came out in Sundance and had all that positive word of mouth and I watched the trailer for it and, I mean, it just, all of it got, got me kind of excited, but... You know, I don't know. For, for I think this is true for most horror fans. You you always have that that doubt in your mind. I was gonna say those expectations. Yeah, yeah they were really high for this one. I think. Yeah, but I, I gotta say, I mean, I really liked this movie. This movie made me, as a horror fan, made me very happy. As a movie fan, it made me happy. Well, let's. I want to ask uh, specifically: Did it scare you? Because I think that's the problem when you have lofty expectations for a horror mm-hmm. movie. And you know, even just thinking back to like Blair Witch when that came out, right? right. You know, if you go into a horror movie with like, this, better scare the living crap. Right. <laughs> like, I better come close to passing out, or this thing <laughs> sucks. Like, you know, I think it's easy to get that attitude. Like, okay, I'm going to cross my arms and impress me, bro. Right. You know. Yeah. And and that's hard for. Jesus Christ, like, think of all the movies, like, the scary movies you've seen at this point in your life and, like, all the different types of scares. Yeah. And I feel like maybe the strength of this movie is that it it wasn't trying to scare the living crap out of you. But how, what do you think of that? Like, did it did it scare you? It didn't scare me. It, it, it definitely got under my skin. It yeah. certainly creeped me out enough. You brought up Blair Witch. If I look back to the way I reacted to Blair Witch, that was a movie that when I left... I still felt cre- creeped out. Like, driving home, yeah. I felt creeped out. That ending was very effective uh, on me. Mm-hmm. This didn't leave me creeped out. To be honest, this left me... We've already, we're have already. we not going to worry about spoilers. I felt happy at the end of this movie. 
Yes, and me too. That's exactly what I was going to say. There's like a sense of joy. And I can't wait to talk about that yeah. part because I mean, because I really did. I mean, a, a lot of it, it can be a very brutal ride and it's not even that gory. No. But the choices that are made without going into gore, the choices that are made are really disturbing and they really add up over time. And and, and that's just the thing. I mean, it, it built so well for me and, and it paid off beautifully. I, I, I can't say, it, like I did not spend any... Any, you know, there was no moment of sleeplessness last night after finishing it. But honestly, yeah, it's, it's not that kind of movie. Totally agree. I think, you know, the word I kind of kept coming back to was um, uncomfortable. Like, I just felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. in my seat watching yeah. this thing. Um, it, sure. you know, reminded me of, and again, my I think my horoscope is a lot more limited than yours. Uh, something like The Shining. Mm-hmm. You know, the music in places. Reminded me of yep. that, and also just that that feeling of discomfort. And you know, I, obviously, there's some very good scares in The Shining, but I do think like what you're talking about, is, where this is totally different, is that that sense of resolution and relief is so great at the end of this thing, <laughs> like because you realize that part of that oppressive feeling that you have as an audience member is just for this girl being oppressed by the family themselves and their theology in a lot of ways. Yes. And just this lofty standard, you know, and he, the father talks about pride being his sin and like just that, that pride that you kind of have to hold yourself to and then con- being confronted by real darkness. And I think, you know, another thing I loved about this movie was that the witch is real. Like it's not, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not a fake thing. There's no question about, you know, does this really exist? This is not a supernatural, you know, right. Fooiness, like no, these are people exactly, yeah, that are pure. It doesn't hinge on, yep, yeah, is it really happening or not? No, yeah. There is evil in this world that exists, and they are terrified of it, and you feel that terror. Yeah. And so, I, I thought that was really cool. I think you know, we should say just because we, we maybe skipped this at the front if, if you don't know The Witch and you're listening to this and you're not gonna watch The Witch, probably like my wife, this is movie, just a synopsis, real quick. A family in 1630s mm-hmm. New England is torn apart by the forces of witchcraft, black magic, and possession. Uh, a real simple synopsis from IMDb that I think is, is fairly accurate. In fact, the movie itself has a subtitle, which is a New England folktale. And, you know, doing a little bit of research, it definitely seems like Robert Eggers, the director and writer, like that's his whole bag, man. He's he's big into research and you know, period detail. I mm-hmm. think his background is he's made several short films and worked as a production designer in theater and film and uh, a lot of just period stuff. I uh, think he's a huge Poe fanatic uh, and made a short of the telltale heart yeah so you see that in the details of this movie you know specifically i think with cinematography being a lot of stuff that apparently was just lit only by candles and And daylight yeah the movie stars anna taylor joy the young woman who plays thomason which is name i love Mm -hmm. who i think plays the title character in that movie morgan that you talked about and she's great i mean i mean casting throughout this is fantastic but that's the thing, and, and, and kind of what I think probably makes her so great for Morgan is Anya is a really good actress, but she's also got something otherworldly about her. Like, there is something that's kind of like, I don't know, like, she could be an artificial intelligence, <laughs> you know, robot. Like, I, I don't okay. know. Um, <laughs> You're saying she's an alien. She's an alien from, yes. Well, you know, this is obviously a super small movie in the sense of cast. You know, it's really about one family. You've also got Ralph Innocent, who played the father, William. He looks like has, you know, a ton of voice work, uh, not, un, you know, unsurprisingly. Man, that guy's voice is 
Awesome. It's great. It's so low and interesting. I think he's Welsh, and that shines through. I think he was in the second season of Game of Thrones. He's in the last two Harry Potter movies. He's in The Kingsman. I don't know that they're really major roles. I don't remember him in Harry Potter or Game of Thrones. I don't either. Uh, he literally just watched those. Yeah, but Kate Dickey, his wife in the movie, played uh, Catherine. She I definitely remembered from Game of Thrones. She plays, I think it's, um, uh, what the hell, I wrote it down, Lady Arryn. Anyway, she was the woman that was breastfeeding the 10-year-old boy and has the uh, the tower office that they just throw people off the tower, if you recall that. Oh, yeah. She's great. I mean, and talk about a really specific look. Like, she conveys uh, hardship and terror very, very well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was also in Prometheus, I think. And then, lastly, the only other person I really wanted to mention was, aside from the two little twin kids that drove me crazy, which, well, you know, they're supposed to. Uh, yeah. Harvey Scrimshaw, which is also just an awesome name, plays so uh, young Caleb, yeah. the oldest son in this movie. And boy, I thought he was really good. And he had to do a lot. He sure did. Like It wasn't just act like a normal kid day <laughs> for, for old Harvey Scrimshaw. Yeah. I think we talked briefly before this about that, yeah, that possession scene. I mean, it, what ultimately is his death scene. What, what about that kind of sticks out for you? At some point, he basically coughs up a poison apple, mm-hmm. and and it's like it's such a good symbol of that witch world right. in general. Yeah, like the whole the whole thing was was disturbing enough. I think mainly because I didn't really know where it was going. I really had no idea what might happen. There, there's no CG involved that I remember anyway. Not that I can. Not um, obvious CG in yeah. any of that. Right. Like, just whereas, like, you know, in in a lot of possession movies, you would have, like, bones popping out of joint and a lot of jump cuts to convey that, you know, it doesn't, like, he's possessed or something. Well, I was going to say, I I think for me, the the thing that really worked was just by how long they let that scene go out, you know, because I think what you're talking about actually is, like, that was really the first moment in the movie where I'm like, oh boy, okay, if the, is this kid just going to be creepy kid from now on? Like, I, I do feel like I've seen that before, you know? Yeah. And it, it's impossible not to think of The Exorcist, I think, even in that specific situation, yeah. like the way they're sort of surrounding the kid and, and knowing that we're dealing with, like, demonic possession and religion so heavily. This is such a puritanical family. But yeah, he spits out the apple, and then it just kind of keeps going on. Like, it keeps going, and the, the twins start convulsing and pointing the finger at, at Thomason. And you get, it's almost like that Mexican standoff kind of vibe, because suddenly, like, the father, you know, the, the mom is yelling at the daughter, and the father is trying to protect her, but then he becomes suspicious of her, and you've got all this going on. And then that, that kid, mm-hmm. Caleb, like, he just sits up and, like, delivers this little monologue, and it's creepy as hell. The voice yeah. is weird. It's just, like, weird, like, weirdly pitched slightly higher than his normal voice i think but again it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't overdone it wasn't it didn't feel to me like they dubbed another actor in there sort of like they did with linda blair you know and right in their and so i don't know like that it just got to me and then he just dies like he's just dead like he's gone right and and, and the thing is by that point the the infant son of this family has disappeared, and I mean literally disappeared from in front of Thomason when she was playing peekaboo with it. Yeah, and that's a great, great scene, great inciting yeah. incident. Like that's you know that's all you need oh, to know. Absolutely. Yeah. And like um, again, and and no no big effects. Nope. It's a cut. I mean, that's all it is. Like yeah, it's, it's editing. A cut. Yeah. And super effective because mm-hmm. the second that baby's gone, you just have this. Your stomach just kind of drops. Uh, then then you see like later that night the witch. 
doing her thing with uh, with that baby. Yeah. Which is, uh, you know, fairly disturbing. But also, you're completely taking off the table whether this is just in everybody's minds or not. Yes. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and really, the important thing about that whole incident is what happens within the family. Because now the mom has these bad feelings toward Thomason. Yeah. You know, just residual bad feelings because you lost my infant, which just tore her guts out. She's just like, at the beginning of the movie, she's laying in the bed just crying and praying yeah. for the pain to stop. And it doesn't, you know. And and, and that just kind of keeps going. And then, and then Thomason, you know, to scare one of the twins, she starts talking about how she's the witch and she'll witch her if she, you know, does something that she doesn't like. And so then the twins start talking about how she's the witch and... and just within that family that they're all so caught up in it Mm -hmm. so by the time caleb is there sick and the twins are accusing her of being a witch it's like things are getting incredibly tense right and that's a that's another sort of great little bit of misdirect too because you know at that point i was still able to go well wait a second is is this girl thomason is it possible that she is this other woman that we saw do this to the baby, right. you know, is it, you know, it's a witch, sure. like, is she some sort of shapeshifter or some shit? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so again, like that's, I think, you know, a savvy audience member or not even savvy at this point, just like a slightly educated in film history <laughs> audience yeah. member is going to, you know, think that like, okay, like which one of these people is going to be accused of being the witch, you know? And so mm-hmm. there you get it. And yet it's not a red herring. Like it's not. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it doesn't, kill the idea that Thomason is the witch because right. the, the witch is clearly a shapeshifter mm-hmm. yep. of some kind. And so um, and there's also this uh, black goat that's on the farm that shows up at the farm black one Phillip. day. That, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the twins keep calling Black Philip. They keep singing songs yep. about Black Philip. And as time goes along, you start to realize that Black Philip is talking to them mm-hmm. and, and saying all kinds of things. And, and eventually, William has had enough of it he locks the twins and Thomason in a shed outside with Black Phillip. Then then what happens, Sean? Well, a lot of it, again, is like what this whole movie has done is it's using sound and it's using off-screen, you know, fright. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I remember distinctly in those like early moments of that scene was, he, you know, you hear something hit the ground outside of the shed. Then the next thing you know, the, the twins are, are kind of reacting. And because we're cross-cutting back to the house a bit with um, the father and the mother, uh, I think the mother at this point is having the visions of seeing Caleb holding you know, mm-hmm. the baby Samuel. I say visions. I don't know if those were... I don't think that was like other witches sort of <laughs> shifting right. into the to those kids. It felt like it was intended to be like, yeah, like a hallucination, like a nightmare. Well, yeah, there, um, there was something that Caleb said during his, his fevers, yeah. at, at least about a raven. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of how all that ends up turning out is mom tries to feed Sam on her breast, tries to breastfeed him. And then you kind of cut out to... There's just a crow. There's just a raven sitting there in her lap, like basically te- tearing her boob apart. Yeah, this poor actress. <laughs> she's like your go-to if you need awful breastfeeding scenes. Kate Dick. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, yeah. she's killed it twice now. It's on but, the uh, it's on the resume now. Yeah, and then the next thing you know, yeah, you're back out in the shed. The twins see the back of this old woman, this disfigured woman that we've seen before. Think she's feeding off of one of the goats, 
not Black Phillip, Mm-mm. just one of the white goats. Um, white Phillip. You get this sort of turned kind of scare. She's. I loved the. What did you think of that? Like it. It's as if she's laughing. That and it was like a classic like cartoon witch laugh in a way. Mm-hmm. But then quickly cuts back to that shot of the mother breastfeed. You know, having her boob pecked at by the raven and yeah. she's the one laughing oh yeah and I, I thought that was great uh, absolutely i mean that the 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 raven image is not one that i will forget anytime soon no uh-uh. like yeah. that was definitely jarring and and yeah just a a nice payoff in general i would love to go just watch that whole sequence again in my head i felt like even just that shot of her sitting in the chair with the raven just looked beautiful. Like it had mm-hmm. that sort of like gothic macabre painting quality to it. Yeah. Really nice cinematography there. But yeah, let's let's talk about the ending then because um yeah. you know, I mean that this is what we're leading to. It, it's sort of the children are being kind of pecked off one by one. The father gets his end from the horns of Black Philip yeah. and then the mother comes out to find Thomason and sees that the father is dead yeah. and the kids are gone, you know, the twins are dead and the shed has basically been, you know, ripped to shreds by a clearly unnatural force and so you know i think in her grief and her desire to blame this all on thomason in the first place she attacks you know and uh thomason gets the best of her <laughs> thomason does get the best of her uh yeah. begs her to stop begs her to stop yeah. and it's and it's no, just such, an awful it is such a loaded and fraught i mean yeah to, to even think of the last time I watched a horror movie where toward the end where there's a fight between two people that had that much weight behind it to me. It's like, I mean, this girl, this girl has, has pretty much lost her entire family and her mom believes that she's the one who murdered all of them. Again, I mean, just super uncomfortable. Like that was the hardest scene in the movie to watch, I think. Yeah. Yet like so simply sta- like staged and conceived mm-hmm. and shot. I mean, it's the simplest thing. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. She hits her with a knife. And, I well, mean, that's it. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know. and, and, and building up to that also, everything's yeah. very simple. Nothing is overplayed. Nothing is really melodramatic about it necessarily. Mm-hmm. So it's you just understand where everyone's at. Like, you understand how that mom probably feels. Yeah, for sure. You yeah. Know? And that it would not work without that, yeah. I don't think. And I mean, and that's, yeah. and that's really the horror of it is... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just this this family kind of dying slowly. Yeah. Oh man, I mean that scene where she's talking about like she wishes they hadn't left England. Yeah. And it's just you just you feel that so intensely. Yeah. It's like, "Oh, this poor like because you know, like she doesn't say that immediately. There's a couple of things she says before she gets to that, but you know exactly that's what she's she's going to." Yeah. You know. And uh, it still it hurt so bad when she yeah. says, I felt so bad for her. And yet, at the same time, still sympathetic to Thomason, who's sort of been the scapegoat yes. and taken the brunt of this all along. The father has kind of let her be the victim of her mother's um, aggression mm-hmm. and, and um, accusations unfairly, even though he, too, I kind of felt sympathetic for yeah. her, you know, and, and kind of understanding again why he did it. But anyway, like, yeah, the movie, after the death of the mother... Here's where you get your sort of big curve right into the heart of the occult. (laughs) And um, I I think, you know, the thing that kind of takes this movie into a completely different kind of level. Thomason kills her mom 
goes inside, basically takes off the bloody clothes and lays her head down and like basically goes to sleep, wakes up at night and goes outside and Black Phillip's just standing outside the shed, just looking at her. She's got her little <laughs> candle. Yeah, that goat, man. Yeah. And then, and then the goat just turns around and goes inside the shed and Thomason follows the goat, goes in the shed. And then you just have her face there by candlelight. She's saying, you know, if you can talk to me, if you were really talking to the twins, you know, if you can talk, talk to me, Black Phillip, talk to me, Black Phillip. And finally he starts whispering and saying, you know, do you see a book in front of you? And there's, and, and this is, this has been something that's happened a few times, mentioned a few times, something about, uh-huh. something about putting your name in a book, which is, which saying is the book of the devil, basically yeah. saying, yeah, that you're uh, aligning with the devil. And sure enough, there's a book in front of her. And then there's someone there's someone walking in the shed, but you don't you don't see a shot of the person really. You just kind of see them right. out of the corner of your eye more or less. And so I uh, think there's a you know there's was there like a gloved hand or I don't yeah know, exactly it's very very dark. Well, like you see like, you kind of see boots, but it's it's like focused on the book. Yeah. You kind of see boots walk by, and then you see her again. Yeah, that like a hand on her on her shoulder, and kind of see a face on the other side, but not really, you know. Not 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 really the whole face, and asks mm-hmm. her to take off her clothes, and she does, and she's just like she's still kind of covered in her mom's blood, and then she walks, nude as the day she was born, out into the woods alongside Black Philip, and he leads her to a fire, surrounded by other nude ladies, who are chanting, and gyrating, yes, and they're witches. You would have to presume witches in the woods. <laughs> it's, the, yeah, it's that they're or not a rave. The, they're not the church choir yeah, right. or a rave. Yeah, it's Burning Man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. And so, yeah, so this is happening. And she goes up and stands and she's watching these women. And the women start to float up in the air. And then you get this, you know, medium close on Thomason. And she starts to float up in the air. And as she starts to float up into the air, this smile starts to come on her face. And it's a little right. bit of a teary smile, but it's it's this smile that's just like, it just seems like relief. And she's just floating yeah, in that shot. And then the last shot of the movie is you just see her way, just floating up like as, as tall as the trees, just floating way, way up in the, in the, in the sky. And then, and then you're out. Don't you feel like, just first question. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you feel like there was a period in the like maybe mid to late nineties and early two thousands where this movie would have ended with her kind of floating up in the air and then she would look at the camera real quick and smile and it would cut like, yeah. Oh immediately. yeah. <laughs> like she would have that like wicked grin she, and like, I was yeah. so, it's so much better this way. Yes. I mean, it's a thousand times better than yeah. that kind of cheap thing. Yeah. Um, but relief, I mean, that's the exact word you got to use for this. Mm-hmm. It, it's crazy that I think that they're able to achieve that feeling, yeah. like in the audience. Like it's such a weird thing. Well, it is to be happy and, and joyful for this this girl to go into this thing. Yes, because this thing is not going to be good. Like we've seen. Well, you think all the bad stuff you, that comes around yeah. with it. I mean, right? I mean, like it's not going to be pretty. You wouldn't. You wouldn't assume that that murdering babies and crushing whatever the witch was crushing and wiping it all over her body is fun. Yeah. But, I'm going to make that assumption and right. call it a safe one. Well, but here, but here's the thing. So, but neither was her life in its current form. Well, well exactly. Present form. And, and this is what it brings me to is 
throughout the movie, they're, they're praying to God and they're very serious about their religion. And it's not, at least to me, it's not ever presented as uh, an oppressive religion. It's not like right. somebody drops their fork on the ground and so then the dad has to whip him 13 times because that's what it says in the Bible. Like, it's not that kind of thing. No, it's like the dad's very gentle, actually. Yeah, yeah and, and that's and honestly, that's one of the best things about it is the family really is yeah. very loving toward each other. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they kind of go in and out of it, but it's never like the mom's a harpy who doesn't understand. And, you know, it's, it's, it's like they actually are a really loving family and they're just trying, it's the 1600s, they're just trying to get through this life. And you know, figure yeah. out a good you know way to go about it, but there's there's so much there's so much fear of God, and so much praying to God. And then in the end, what I was thinking was, okay, so they did all this praying to God, and the only buddy and the only person who shows up is the devil, and like what what does that mean? But then I thought, did God appear somewhere? And I, I was trying to go back through it in my mind to like figure out if there was a moment where where God was actually represented. I don't know. I mean, I think it's, uh, yeah, that's a good question. You know, I mean, there's, there's so much use of the word sin in this Mm -hmm. thing that it, that, yeah, it's, it's interesting when you sort of see the, the embracing of that, you know, and it's like, in a way you kind of get it because it's like, well, I've, I'm already committing all these sins and being punished for them by living in this place where we can't even grow corn and we can't catch a rabbit, you know? And we're facing starvation and we're not seeing a reward that, yeah, when like this other side comes and, and <laughs> offers you, I think, what did he say? Like the chance to travel the world and del- there was something about deliciousness. Like, um, oh, do you want to live deliciously? Dish- yeah, deliciously, yeah. which is a great line. I was like, I want to um, live deliciously. <laughs> um, but, but yeah. It, well, s- sorry, Craig, unless you get a black goat, like it ain't happening. It's, it's probably know. not in the cards for me. But but that is kind mm-hmm. of the thing, you know. It, it, it seems like they fear the witch, and they fear God, and they fear yeah. all these forces. So for me, it was like, yeah, when Thomason gets out there, and it's all sort of revealed to her, and she just starts floating up in the air. That smile is just like, like I don't have to be afraid of this stuff anymore. Like even though I may not be headed yeah. for the best place in the world, like now I know at least. Like now I'm just not at the mercy of all these forces. Well, and I, I, to the extent that I've even seen like a few reviews, like talking about this in like feminist terms where like, this is mm-hmm. the only person in the entire movie who makes like an active kind of decision of their own. Like every other decision is sort of being held under the pretense of this biblical code. You sure. Know? Um, and here she is, you know, you could make the metaphor that that's, you know, the, the patriarch or something like that. And, you know, here's this young woman taking matters into her own hand and choosing to be herself and like to be her own woman. And, and this whole thing from what I've seen, like that was not necessarily the, the filmmaker's intention he said, but right. it sort of was leading to that point. It, it does work. Yeah. I mean, it does. Yeah, for sure. Here's one little interesting thing I wanted to bring up. This was on the Wikipedia page, right? Mm-hmm. It said, a spokesperson for the non-theist satanic temple named Jex Blackmore <laughs> claimed that A24, which is one of the distributors of the, of the film, quote, approached the temple to say it believed the film would be of interest to members, though it didn't specifically ask for an endorsement, end quote. However, the satanic temple endorsed the film, even going as far as starting a tour for the film, which began on February 10th. 
Uh, the Satanist group believes the film will signal the call to arms for a satanic uprising against the tyrannical vestiges of bigoted superstitions and will hearken a new era of liberation and unfettered inquiry. And started a website where people can officially register themselves into the Book of Satan. Wow. I didn't look for that website. There's something about that all that just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. <laughs> it still does seem a little silly, but you got, you got to do what you want to do. Well, and this actually, I was looking up because, you know, I, I don't remember much from my church going days about the sort of Satan goat connection, yeah. even though I, I, it's obviously like a well sort of recognized symbol of the devil. And so I just, I did a little bit of digging on that and then found, again, a response on Quora. I mean, there was, you know, multiple responses. One, just talking about goats being mentioned in the Bible, contrasting to sheep frequently. It felt like the, the, the sheep and the lambs were the ones that were treated well by God and the goats were sort of representative mm-hmm. of the sinners. But there was a response from someone who claims to be a, de- a devout Satanist and very familiar with LaVey's literature, who wrote, The association of the goat with the devil or Satan is taken from the Christian Bible where the holiest day of the year... The Day of Atonement was celebrated by casting lots for two goats, one to be offered to the Lord and the other to Azazel. The goat carrying the sins of the people was driven out to the desert, hence became known as the scapegoat. Since Satanism advocates and indulging in the sins of Christianity, it only makes sense to hold the goat as a symbol of power. Mm. And the kind of thing that I really want to mention like in, in relation to the end was that sort of indulging in the sins. And like you sort of, I think that's tied into the relief of Thomason that you feel as well. It's like, you do kind of wonder to indulge yeah. a little, I mean, like it's such an oppressive sort of way of life yeah. that, you know, and the movie like has these little moments where Caleb is noticing just the bosom of Thomason. Yeah. And that comes up again in the mother's accusations. And then I thought it was interesting that when you have that scene where Caleb is greeted by the witch She's, of course, like dead mm-hmm. sexy and gorgeous and kisses him full yeah. in the mouth. And, you know, I mean, it's not hard for me to like think about like 10 year old me like, oh, that would be amazing, yeah. you know, until it isn't, obviously, right. you know, until the old creepy hand comes into Well, frame. but I mean, that that is that is part of why so much of this is effective. Like you are definitely feeling two things yeah. about everything you're watching Uh and you know um to to go back actually a little bit to we we were talking about it being you know sort of a a feminist story you know she's sort of liberated there at the end Uh, um there was something else i want to say it was in the guardian where they were bringing up the fact that you know we're talking about a time uh, of the salem witch trials which Mm -hmm. is kind of held up as you know one of the uh, prime examples of mistreating women (laughs) deciding that they're witches and you know and then this is saying, oh, no, they were right. <laughs> the, uh, there were witches. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then one of the things I read, like, oftentimes people were accused of being witches just out of sheer envy. Sure. Like, I guess there was a like couple that had purchased. Well, that and like they had purchased a lot of land. Yeah. Like, you know, a particular lot. And these people, you know, I, other people were, were like jealous of that or something. And so like, they must have been witches to be able to do that and you know, <laughs> shit like that. And so, yeah, I do think like it's cool to play into all of that here. But then, like you're saying, like, no, they're, they're also real. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, to go back to all that Salem witch stuff, I mean, uh, from what I could tell, like the, even just with using the title with the two V's to spell the W the way you did, I guess that was taken from a Jacobian pamphlet on witchcraft and there was other stuff in the text. A lot of the dialogue apparently was that was in like a 
kind of like an end title card, wasn't it? Where they talked about the dialogue being used from transcripts. Of, I think so. Of, yeah. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know if you caught this or not. I actually turned on the subtitles when I watched this. Oh, I did too. The father said something about fain if I could blah, 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 blah. And I was like, what the hell is that? Like, I, you know, F-A-I-N. <laughs> so I, d- I did look that one up and now it's like an adverb that means pleasure gladly. And so it was like gladly I would go. I think he was like saying gladly I would go into town and do this if if I knew for sure that it would you know, warrant results. Right. But I, I loved all that. I thought all that was like yes. really, I mean, it does, it adds that sort of specificity and um, it just helps put you in that, in that moment, in that scene, yeah. you know, whereas if there were moments where it wasn't quite as clear or wasn't quite as um, deliberate, I, I think it would have pulled you out in a lot of ways. I think so too. I mean, it was never overdone and it mm-hmm. was never so thick that, you were completely lost. Although I was reading it, so maybe I would have been lost. The, the, the accents are definitely uh, pretty thick. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, all it really does is just add to the the you know realism of the movie. It, it uh, it's another one of those bits that that adds up to a lot. Well, and even beyond that, I noticed kind of early on. I was like, this is like the aspect ratio looks different. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a little more square. And yeah, I, I looked it up and yeah, they used a 1.66 to 1, uh, which I think is sort of like native to Super 16, even though they shot this on digital. Mm-hmm. But the cinematographer, whose name is uh, Jaron Blaschke, I think, said that they, they chose that because A, it has sort of a timeless look to it, but also he said that, you know, it, it added a benefit of making things like the house a little more claustrophobic because it's a little more square and also gives you a little more room on the top where it makes it feel like the trees are really looming over the characters. Sure. And uh, I think there's multiple shots that kind of achieve that for sure. Yeah. And then also, I think it was he, it may have been the, the director, I have the quote here, but I don't remember who it said. It was said it also hints at a world where people are always thinking about what is above them in terms of their theology. And, you know, I think that would sound highfalutin on a <laughs> A less effective film, but no, I think it's totally right. I mean, like I, I no, felt, you I, know, when yeah. I read that, I was like, oh, that makes total sense, and like I think I felt that, you know, like I it was 100% there. Percent agree, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, it sort of shows the care that went into that. I'm kind of excited. It sounds like this director had a sort of long gestating interest in doing a version of Nosferatu, and I. I think there was a, a moment where it looked like he may do that next, but then I, I found this quote where he said that he thought maybe in light of the success of uh, of The Witch, it would look really sort of like presumptuous and megalomaniacal to go and do something like <laughs> remake the Nosferatu next, you know, as if he's like really earned the right to do that maybe. Yeah. But the, the, the quote, the reason I bring this up is because <laughs> he said... Um, the original is a masterpiece and it really doesn't objectively need to be done, but I've been obsessed with that film since I was a little kid. But you know, Peter Jackson was obsessed with King Kong and we saw how that turned out. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe it's a little presumptuous to be saying something like that about Peter Jackson at this point in his career, but nonetheless, I thought it was funny. And you know what? Yeah, I didn't love King Kong. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'd be happy if he would do another remake of Poltergeist. Oh, uh, well, maybe, maybe. I would feel great about that. Maybe. He's attached to something called the Knight, um, which is sort of a, a medieval thing. And then there's also talk of doing a miniseries about Rasputin. So, yeah, I don't know. It seems like, obviously, this guy is going to be in demand. I mean, great return of profit on this movie, the Sundance Award, and then all the critical press. 
Yeah. One other thing I just wanted to mention was, did you notice how many producers there were listed on this movie? I didn't. Do you mean production companies or actual producers? No, just straight up producers. I guess that was at the end credits. Okay. No, I I did not. I did not hang around. I was too busy writing down my thoughts. It's a. It's at least twenty. Wow. There's only like five listed here. I have like the Wikipedia page open. <laughs> oh, no. Go look at uh, IMDb. And I'm sure like some of these, one of them is Chris Columbus and his, I think his wife, Eleanor Columbus. Christopher Columbus? Yes. The same one. The same guy. I checked it. <laughs> A lot of times those are producers who come in after the fact and have something to do with sort of the distribution side or the sure. financing side. I think after maybe, you know, I'm sure it was sold, sold at Sundance or, or directly after. Well, I got to say, yeah, I mean, this is a $3 million movie with no major stars and Robert yeah. Eggers is who? So it's like, yeah, to yeah. get $3 million together, you do need like 35 companies. I mean, the opening of the movie is, is literally 30 seconds of logos. Yeah, it's a lot. So yeah, thank God it worked out. Yeah, I, I think it's worth praising one of those logos though. It's like A24, which I've seen pop up a lot. And so I, I went and looked today just to see and like, this company has only been around since 2012, and their first credits didn't pop up until 2013. So, I mean, we're not even talking about barely three years. Yeah. Uh, they did Spring Breakers. They've got Spectacular Now, Enemy, Under the Skin, Most Violent Year, Ex Machina, Miss- Mississippi Grind, The End of the Tour, The Room, Green Room, The Lobster, De Palma, etc. They've done a really good job of picking their stuff. Yeah, yeah. it's nuts. I mean, clearly there's some people with some good taste, and it... It seems like they're promoting stuff in a in a way to get a return. I mean, I, you know, some of those movies maybe didn't make quite as much as the others, but like Ex Machina had a pretty good run there. Mm-hmm. The Lobster's done pretty good this year. Green Room, The Room, obviously won an Oscar. So uh, it, it's nice that they're not just like choosing these movies and then not really doing much with them, you yeah. know, other than looking good on their resume for those who've who've actually seen the movies, but. No, these movies are are being seen by actual audiences, so that's great. Agreed. So yeah, I think this is one that everybody, if you haven't seen it yet, and you know maybe you got turned off by the hype, turn mm-hmm. it back on because it it's worth on. it. Yeah, turn it back on. Just watch out for black goats. That's all oh, I'm gonna say. Oh yeah, <laughs> and don't chase bunnies or ravens. Or ravens, for that matter. Or obviously witches. You don't want to chase them. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I figured that was assumed. Well, I don't know. Should, we shouldn't assume, because clearly, uh, yeah. what's her face? Thomason looked like she enjoyed it. Maybe I'd be a good witch. <laughs> How so? I don't know. Just, you know, other things haven't worked out. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> let's just try it out. Yeah. Of all the many hats you've worn in your life, you haven't worn yeah. a witch one yet, have you? I've never worn the, the pointy black hat. Well, I look forward to that. I'll let you know how it goes. Good. Once again, go check us out online. You know where to find us. And uh, keep the suggestions coming. we got a couple good ones lately. And yes. we're going to get to some of those real soon. I think we're going to have some other guests coming on board. And uh, that'll be fun. Should and, be fun. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll just watch The Witch over and over. Yeah, maybe. We'll, yeah, from now on, it'll just be about The Witch. Never Witch Dub It. That's our new podcast. I like it. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bum, 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 bum,